Stone gets the puck after the drop. Petrangelo shoots, save, and a rebound, score! Chandler Stevenson finds the puck in the slot, pots the rebound, and the Knights are back in the lead, 3-2. Live from the Finley Chevrolet Fox Sports Las Vegas studios and live at LVSportsNetwork.com. Without it, oh, and a tip puck and a shot, they score! Michael Abadio, the Knights win it in overtime! 5-4 Vegas! A double overtime victory for the Golden Knights. This is the Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show. Your destination for inside access with the team, exclusive player interviews, and breaking news from around the National Hockey League. Here's your hosts, Darren Millard and Ryan Wallace. Welcome in Vegas. Golden Knights Insider Show, Fox Sports Las Vegas. Ryan Wallace, Darren Millard, Chris Chapman, live inside the Finley Chevrolet. Fox Sports Las Vegas Studios, Finley Chevrolet on the 215 Home of the... Round two of the Stanley Cup playoffs is underway. Did you guys enjoy the break? What did you guys do between round one and round two? Give me your your feedback on on how you just kicked back and and relaxed, Chapman. Well, I watched the Devils uh, take care of business. <laughs> no, that 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 was round one. What did you do between round one and round two? Oh, I played I played a lot of Mario Kart with my okay. son. Good. What yeah. do you do during between round one and round two? I slept. Oh wow, that that's good. You got to you got to recoup and yep. get ready for for the second round. A, a good solid twenty four hours between uh, the opening round of the Stanley Cup playoffs and the second stage, uh, down to eight teams and uh, round two starting tonight with a a place that. The Toronto Maple Leafs haven't been to in a long time mm-hmm. as uh, they get set to host the Florida Panthers. And uh, we've got the Seattle Kraken up against the Dallas Stars to kick things off. And then tomorrow night, it's game one between Vegas and Edmonton. Schedule change. Mm-hmm. Game two was to be on Friday. Yep. Game two is now scheduled for Saturday afternoon yes. at the Fortress. Mm-hmm. Uh, John Shannon, our NHL insider, will be along shortly. I'm curious. He and I have talked a lot the last couple of days when the schedule was in flux, and we kind of got an early heads up uh, that this might be possible mm-hmm. uh, as they were sorting things out. Uh, and I've got a real uh, couple of good questions for him as far as where this came from and uh, what caused it and whether he's ever seen it before, uh, a game in the Stanley Cup playoffs being rescheduled uh, during the course of a series because uh, there's all kinds of influences on it. But uh, that's the case. They will go Wednesday. They will go Saturday at the Fortress before heading up to Edmonton for Monday and Wednesday. Practice today at Sydney National Arena. Bruce Cassidy held his media availability afterwards uh, and uh, talked about uh, the different things that they have to do against the Edmonton Oilers. Seems to come back over and over to the Oilers power play. Yeah, I, I think that that's going to be a big key, obviously, for the Golden Knights. And really, you know, y- you look at what Edmonton was able to do throughout the regular season and then even taking it up a notch in the first round of the playoffs, 58%. That's how efficient they were on the man advantage. Uh, for a Golden Knights team, you're going to have to find a way to slow that aspect down of their offense, and it's easier said than done. I did uh, some research digging into the first-round series, and the Oilers and the Vegas Golden Knights both scored 16 goals at even strength in the first round. <clears throat> so even. Yep. Vegas scored three on the man advantage, and Edmonton had nine. So uh, a, a lot more. You you just don't expect that type of production to continue. <laughs> Not saying it won't, the way they managed to transform a historic regular season into an otherworldly 
uh, first round series. It uh, gives you no indication it's starting to slow. But there's a lot of confidence that offensively, Vegas can stay right with the Edmonton Oilers. Yeah, I think that for the Golden Knights, the the chances and the opportunities are absolutely going to be there. And and for this team that, again, we, we've talked about their depth. We, we look at the balance that they have top to bottom for, for the Vegas Golden Knights. But should you get opportunities, it's going to be on you to outscore at 5-on-5 five five, what the Oilers are going to be able to put on the board on their power play. And I think the Golden Knights will get enough chances and have enough elite players to get that job done. So goals per game, mm-hmm. it's different than total goals. 19 mm-hmm. goals for Vegas during the first round. 25 for Edmonton. That, again, starts to give you an idea that Edmonton has this high-octane offense that is firing on all cylinders. Both are true. However, actual goals scored per game, mm-hmm. even. Hmm. Virtually identical between the two teams uh, because Vegas finished their series in five and Edmonton in six. So I, I keep trying to remind everybody that it's offensively, mm-hmm. Is, is a pretty close series, even though one does it with depth and to spread throughout the lineup and the other does it with uh, two or three individuals. And, and that should give you hope, right, if you're a Golden Knights fan, because I, I think we all buy into and understand and accept that the Golden Knights are a better defensive team than the Edmonton Oilers. So if if the Golden Knights' defense can, can limit some of what the Oilers do offensively, I don't think the Oilers are going to be able to, in turn, do that to the Golden Knights offense. Uh, a lot of different moving parts as far as stopping the Edmonton Oilers, uh, whether it's in the offensive zone uh, of the Golden Knights, uh, where they're trying to dial in their forecheck, the neutral zone, trying to clog things up and not let uh, Connor McDavid and company use their transition, or in the Vegas Golden Knights zone, McDavid's been so much better from his rookie year of being able to generate uh opportunities uh, just off the cycle or, or walking out of the corner and, and use that uh, roaming uh, strategy. Here's John Shannon, the former executive producer of Hockey Night in Canada, our VGK insider show, insider on all things uh, NHL. Uh, he does a lot of work with the Edmonton Oilers, just like he does a lot of work with the Winnipeg Jets. So it's perfect uh, with us, uh, for us, that we're able to lean on on John and his expertise. Um, before we get too far into the X and O's, John, uh, it's Tuesday. You're usually here on Thursday. You're going to join us for a couple of times a week uh, because of this series. It's so important to to all of our our worlds. You saw the change uh, in Game 2 from Friday to Saturday. Very unusual. The National Hockey League announces a date and then moves it. Uh, Can you give us some type of background or reasoning for the switch? Well, what appears to have happened, Darren, is that... um there was a concert in Seattle on Saturday night that that could not be moved, um, and and the definition of could not be moved is they probably sold too many tickets for it. So um, so what was happening was that there was no other opportunity to do move that game other than to Sunday. So Dallas Seattle game three had to move to Sunday, which means that they had to find a way to have a game Saturday night that worked uh, for all of the schedules and then still had enough allotments for both TNT and ESPN on Sunday. So basically what it was, it was the building conflict in Seattle, uh, making sure the allotments to the uh, networks in the United States were made, 
And then on top of that, there was a little bit of noise made out of Miami that the Panthers were concerned about playing an overlap on Saturday night with the Miami Heat because they're in the NBA playoffs. So that forced the Maple Leafs game on Saturday to move to Sunday. And that, so that means there, there was a good possibility there were going to be no games on a Saturday night, which would have been absolute heresy in our country and probably you know, ticked off a few people in your country. So that forced a move of Edmonton-Vegas on Friday night to the prime position of Hockey Night in Canada on Saturday at 4 Pacific, 7 Eastern Time. So this, this is a television-influenced this, well, this is situation. a television influence on top of, you know, Seattle not having a, a building available where they should have had a building available. But at the same time, when was that concert booked? A year ago? And who would have thought that the Seattle Kraken were going to make the playoffs or even get to the second round at this point? And then, and then you know, for instance, Edmonton had a, uh, a conflict, too, in a concert next week. Um, but Dis- they moved it. Yeah, they di- just moved it a day because they could. That's disturbed. I don't know them. Well, no, it wasn't disturbing. No, it was <laughs> disturbed is the name oh, of the, the, oh. the act. Oh, I and I've used every one of those lines today, too. You and oh, I are on the, uh, on the same page with that. Uh, Lauren Bersois is coming up in just a little bit. He's going to join the VGK Insider Show. It's a heck of a story. It, uh, it is, and that's, uh, that's a player that you've long been uh, aware of going back to his Edmonton Oil King days. Yeah, and I, I'll be honest. I was, I was not convinced as an oiler that Boisois was a was a very good goaltender. And then in Winnipeg, he... He really made leaps and bounds as a goaltender. And whether that was becoming a student of Connor Hellebuck's or being given a much greater opportunity to play in Winnipeg uh, than he was in Edmonton. Uh, and, and then by the time he got to Vegas this time around, uh, it's a hell of a story. Uh, you know, even, the, even his story this year, and I don't have to tell people in Vegas his story this year about the surgeries and the working in uh, uh working in the uh, uh in the American League uh and then coming back after you know the the plethora of goaltenders that have worn the golden knight sweater this year he uh and and then out dueling uh you know Hellebuck in the first round it's it's one great story so kind of entering this series which team do you feel feels better about their goaltending oh i think vegas I, I do. I mean, and that's not to suggest they don't feel good about uh, about Stuart Skinner. Um, but I think when you win in five games um, and you make the saves that he did, uh, I think you have to give a, a, a tip of the cap to to the Golden Knights in that one. It's to the point where I I honestly believe with these two teams now, um, I don't I don't think goaltending is going to be a factor. I think it's going to be equal in this series. Um, both of the, both of these goaltenders are good. Uh, they, they have had ups and downs. The fascination for me is, and I think you probably talked about this with Boisois, Darren, is that Stuart Skinner probably watched him growing up, right? Yeah. <laughs> so when you think about it, because Skinner was a, a young guy living in the suburbs of, of Edmonton watching uh, the Oilers play, and Laurent was part of that team, so... He probably knows a little bit more about him than most guys. 
Stuart Skinner's an interesting uh, uh, story in itself. He's a he's a bit of a goalie student. I had a long talk with him during the regular season, uh, and he talked about admiring certain goaltenders and, and the three goaltenders uh, in in the East: Sorokin, Shesterkin, Vasilevsky. But then he also talked glowingly about how much he loved watching Connor Hellebuck play and Jake Ottinger in Dallas play. So he he and because he's not a small guy, he's a big guy, six four. Uh, and he, I think he relates to the, the, those goaltenders of that size. Uh, so this is going to be an interesting matchup of uh, a kid who I, I'm not sure idolized him, but watched him, watched Brassard play, and then himself a student of the game. It's going to be kind of fun. Does Stuart Skinner have a better glove hand, or does Stuart Skinner's mustache have a better glove hand? <laughs> Well, let's put it. Let's put it this way: that um, Stuart Skinner, if he wasn't um, playing goaltender for an Edmonton Oilers team in the National Hockey League, he'd be in the next Marlboro man. You're right. I was thinking uh, Tom Selleck. Well, he's right Selleck, there. You know uh, what, what was the what was the guy's name? Uh, and he's uh, he's an actor, Sam uh, Sam, Sam Elliott. Elliott. Yep. Sam Elliott. You know, he's got the Sam Elliott style. Yeah. You know. <laughs> But here's the thing: I, th- I think Skinner can probably grow it in about three hours. <laughs> you know, so that's that's something to admire too. And LB's got the good uh, good facial. Well, he's got the good beard going. Yeah, uh, you know. Well, the, right. the, and the fascination with Brassois is French Canadian name, uh, but grew up on the West Coast. You yeah. know, there's Vancouver Island. Yeah, there isn't a large uh, uh, francophone contingent uh, on Vancouver Island, so. That'll be, uh, but we we all think that we all assume that a he speaks bilingually, uh, brilliantly, and that he knows everything about it. But he's he's a BC boy. Nothing wrong with those BC boys. As uh, spoken by a BC boy from Osoyos, out in the Osoyos, Osoyos, Osoyos. There's probably people in Vegas <laughs> at the slots right now from Osoyos rolling their eyes. Osoyos, uh, which is also a desert, just like Vegas. That's right. Part of the, and it's actually part of of the same desert, the Sonora Desert. You're right. Oh, really? Huh. I didn't know it was the same one. Hey, uh, we're uh, goaltenders are going to have to have a short memory in this series because there's going to be offense. What do you think the average number of goals scored will be per game? Because I've been going six or seven, maybe eight. Like a four three game is seven. It, it's a close game. It's a fun game, but it's still seven goals. Hold on. Just a minute. Let me get this straight. Yeah. A four-three game is seven goals. Yeah. Does that mean a five-three game might be an eight-goal game? Might be an eight-goal game. <laughs> yeah. I'm just so giving, I'm trying. To, I'm, I'm trying to give a con, some context to what like if is it eight goals a game? That's oh, that's five-three. I'm go, I'm going eight-goal eight game. Yeah. I that's a that's goals. a lot. Yeah, it is. But these two teams can score. These two key teams. You know, this, this is going to, this could really be a track meet, you know, this one. This could be really fun to watch because, uh, you know, when you, when, when you can get uh, Howden and Stevenson and Stone playing together and McDavid and Kane and Hyman playing together or Yamamoto and Dreisaitl and Nugent Hopkins, I mean, they're, this, this could be up and down. This could be fantastic. It doesn't work against Vegas as much as you would think when you first look at Edmonton. Does that make sense? I I I think people, you know, you say I cover the Jets and I cover the Oilers, but I, I tell you what, I probably watched as many Golden Knight games this year as I have anybody. 
and I think that people outside of Nevada underrate the Golden Knights' speed. Mm. I really do. Uh, but if you watch this team, uh, and when they're on a roll and they get going, you know, you know, Smith, Carlson, and, and Marshall, when they play together, you know, still can roll and da- roll up and down the ice pretty effectively. You know, there's there's a lot of team speed on this club still, and I, I think that that's something that people don't necessarily assume uh, with this hockey club right now. So we know, you know, kind of what the Edmonton Oilers bring to the table. We, we've seen the, the Golden Knights all year long and, and how good this team can be. Uh, can, can you discern a favorite in this series? I think there's logic to, to say either one could be the favorite. I think it's a pick em. Um... I, you know, in in my thinking, this could be how Petrangelo and Martinez, who are I still think are the number one D pair for the Golden Knights, how they manage McDavid or Drysital, um, and then um, I I think you have to wonder, really, in so many ways, how uh, you know, Ekholm. And Bouchard, who has really had a, a coming out party this year, how they can uh, manage, you know, Mark Stone and his line. You know, those two, those are two th- two key things. And and the one thing, Vegas was the lowest penalized team in the National Hockey League this year. They have to stay out of the box. They just have to stay out of the box. They can't do anything stupid. And I can see leadership on this club, the players on this club, making sure that it doesn't happen. They took eight minors. They were shorthanded eight times in the four games, head to head, which tells you that they they can do it uh, yeah. against that. That's a, a, an amazing level. Now Edmonton did score five power play goals, uh, aided by a three for three in one game, which uh, skews it uh, a touch. But both sides should be confident uh, approaching that special teams side. Um, I want to get into some other stuff that's happening, but before we slide off this series. I was going through like who's the villain? Who's going to be the villain on in, in either rink? And uh, for for the the Vegas Golden Knights, there's there's nobody that necessarily stands out, but somebody always, depending on what will happen in the first two games, will become that uh, that target by the the Oilers fans. There's no doubt who Vegas Golden Knight supporters will be oh, looking at. Evander Kane, yeah. the top of the list uh, from from his San Jose days and now over to Edmonton. Yeah, I don't think there's any doubt about that. I mean, let's just, you know. And I, and I think Evander relishes it. I, I think he really enjoys playing that role. Uh, you know, so that to, me is, that to me is an easy one. Um, as far as that guy, as far as that guy in, in, in Vegas that will drive Edmonton Oilers fans nuts, not, um, first of all, Mark Stone is going to, Mark Stone is going to drive them nuts because, you know, how many years has Mark been in the league, Darren? Ooh, Mark's been in the 50, league. 50, 51 years? Yeah. Pretty old. Yeah, since 1960. It was just before yeah. the uh, expansion from 6 to 12. Yeah, that's right. So, <laughs> yeah, the original 6. Yeah. yeah. Um, so nobody celebrates a goal better in the National Hockey League, whether you're 18 or 38, than Mark Stone. That will drive a hardcore hockey fan in Edmonton nuts. That this guy, with all his veteran savvy, 
uh, you know, his and his resilience on the ice. You know, best I think the best stick checker in the game still. And then when he scores, that he will do he will act like a twelve year old, which is fantastic. Uh, that will drive um, that will drive people in Edmonton nuts. And the other one is I think that if if the if 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 Carrier can play the way Carrier can play, Edmonton has no one like him. They really don't. They don't have anybody like him. Um, and 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 Oiler fans are savvy enough that they will understand that Carrier, if Carrier could play a factor in this in this uh, in this series, if he if he gets to be overly physical. Lost Boston after a historic regular season. Lost the Stanley Cup champion, Colorado Avalanche, to a second-year franchise. And the three-time finalist, Tampa Bay Lightning, go. But that is at the uh, benefit of the Toronto Maple Leafs moving on, which is great for the league. Uh, first time in 19 years. Uh, what Has the landscape changed as far as a favorite is concerned with the final eight that we see? Well, I, I think, you know... 80% of us had picked the Bruins to win the Stanley Cup. Yeah. Um, so, and I do think that, that you know, when you look at the path for the Maple Leafs in the East, you say, oh, it's possible. But then you look at the standings again and are reminded that both New Jersey and Carolina had more points than the Maple Leafs. Mm-hmm. So I, I'm not sure there is a, a clear path for Toronto to get there. Uh, and And... What the Devils did in the last nine days, winning four of five games against the Rangers, I think must scare everybody in the East. You know, you know the the fact that Kira Schmid has become now what a great name for a goaltender, huh? Fantastic, Schmid. Um, I, I think the fact that he has staked a claim to the goaltending in New Jersey. Um, and then the speed of the Devils. I, I actually give the Devils the nod as the team in, to be the favorite coming out of the East now. Uh, and I, and I, you know, as long as they stay healthy, they have a really good mix of players. And Jack Hughes, who in my mind is the new Patrick Kane, <laughs> is absolutely phenomenal. Do you have any issue with the Truba hit? I didn't. Well, I don't, the way the rule's written. The question is, should we have a... Uh, uh, it's worth a discussion. Mm-hmm. He did not target the head, but he did hit the head. Uh, how concerned as a sport are we with concussions and post-traumatic syndrome? Um, you know, that becomes that, that becomes the issue. International hockey, Darren, you know this. International hockey, yeah. he, he would be tossed out, out and suspended the game automatically. Mm-hmm. Um, we saw that at the Olympics, that that happened in the last couple of Olympics. So that becomes a, that's a question you have to ask. Under the rule book, it was a legal check, and they made the right call. So the question is, should, for the health of players, and even beyond their careers, should that play be penalized? It was great to see the two of them embrace, though, in the uh, handshake was, line. And, it really uh, was. And showed incredible sportsmanship. And I'm as petty as the 
most petty person. Uh, I'm on record saying I could never do a lot of things that these uh, athletes and the coaches do in uh, in being a, a big person and taking the high road. Uh, I probably wouldn't have been able to do that. In fact, I know no, I wouldn't have. So, uh, well, good no, on. I think you, every time you you meet a person you don't like, you look them in the eye and shake their hand and say, "Good to see you," right? Or I just walk right by and no. give a sneer. He does both to me. No. <laughs> I'm good at sneering. <laughs> I'm one of the best sneerers in hockey no, history. No, you're not. You're, you're not. You're a good sneerer, but you're not one of the best. <laughs> Thank you very much. Uh, so it's TV to uh, to look at uh, for the schedule change. Thanks for clarifying that, uh, along with the concert. But uh, so no. it's Seattle TV and uh, nothing on Vegas as people. No, uh, in fact, I, I, you know, I, I think that you know, and the interesting thing, this has been going on. This is not a, a six-hour thing. This has been negotiated. Being been negotiated the last forty eight hours. But do you, have you ever seen that happen before? No, I, I. Well, no, that's not true. I, I have seen concerts moved. I have seen d- discussions happen. I've seen, uh, you know, and, and this is where the power of the NHL uh, has kind of usurped the power of the teams because the teams had a lot more power in years past, in decades uh, ago. I, I saw, you know, we had a three day layoff. Actually, it was in the year the Florida Panthers went to the Stanley Cup Final, 1996. We had a three-day layoff because of a Garth Brooks concert at the Miami Arena, and they were not prepared to move it. And it was, you know, going to be in the, going to be a, I think it was a Boston Bruin Florida Panther playoff game, and so the Bruins had to sit there for three extra days before they played Game Four. Uh, and and so the teams did used to have more power because of the amount of money in national television in both countries. Now, the league has more say in trying to make sure that. Things get balanced out and fair, and and the game gets exposed on, you know, multiple channels at, a, at an easier time. Two games a night, one at one at four and one at nine, uh, you know, at at six thirty or seven Pacific time for you guys, is the way we should go every night. Uh, but for instance, this Sunday we can't do it. It's confirmation. It took a couple of years, but we now know that John Shannon has friends in low places. Thanks, John. Appreciate it, and we'll talk to you on Thursday on our regular time slot. Well, that's good. I'm ready for my regular time slot. And by the way, hello, George. <laughs> <laughs> right on cue. John Chandler, former executive producer in Canada. We make way for Lauren Brassois coming up on the VGK Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas. We're back to the Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas, 98.9 FM and 1340 AM. Paul Pat of one-timers coming up in hour number two, the... League Award finalists being announced uh, over the course of the last 90 minutes. Uh, We'll bring you that information as we work our way towards uh, tomorrow night's opener of the second round series between the Vegas Golden Knights and the Edmonton Oilers, uh, two division rivals. First time, though, that they've ever met in the Stanley Cup playoffs. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to it. I, I really, really, truly think this is going to be a series we look back on in a little while couple of years, two years, three years, and and it's going to be one of those classic series. I, I really think these two teams are going to bring it. It also could be a series that you see a few times over the next couple of years. I, the ideally. way that they've been assembled, yeah. uh, it's for the long term. Uh, both teams are expected to challenge for first place. Uh, Edmonton went to a conference final last year. Vegas went to the third round the previous two years, and mm-hmm. now they're fighting for the opportunity to move on this time around. Uh, guarding the goal for the Vegas School of the Knights will be Lauren Bersois, who joins us on the VGK Insider Show. Uh, before we get too uh, into this thing, 
How are uh, how are Bogey and Stella doing? <laughs> uh, they're doing good. They're currently chewing on a buffalo hide bone out in the backyard. So really? <laughs> do they, do, are they good sharers? No. Well, one is. One is. One's, uh, <laughs> one's a retriever. So he's stupid to know when, when people are taking advantage of him. But, uh, the other one's a shepherd, and she's, uh, she's not a good sharer at all. No? She's not even close. Okay, which one's which again? Just, just remind the audience uh, as we go full mallard on this, uh, this interview. Stella's a shepherd. And uh, Bogey's the retriever. And Stella's nickname is uh, Birdie because of Bogey? Is that Birdie. Is, all right. Yeah. All right. We got Birdie and Bogey. Now, you, you had Stella first, though, right? We did, yeah. Right. Hmm. So you're a big golfer. That's Birdie and Bogey. I love that. Uh, now I know who you like more. I, I, like, I like golf a lot. I wouldn't say I'm very good. <laughs> Laura Brassois is with us in the VGK Insider Show. Where where are you uh, spiritually, mind wise, the night before uh, a Stanley Cup playoff series going into the second round? Um, pretty laid back, to be honest. Um, try to make each day feel like a, a normal day. Um, you know, just after after practice, uh, try to recover. If I need a nap, I'll nap, and then uh, take advantage of the sun out here in Vegas and. We're watching some playoff hockey, watching the Toronto Florida game, and then we're going to have a we'll cook dinner, and then I'll I got a routine. That's probably everything that's different. And then, um, other than that, I try to keep it pretty pretty low key. Time to go to bed the night before a game. Like, what time would you aim to go to sleep? Uh, um, I'd say any time before midnight, any time after eleven is probably where where I normally end up at. Wow, I was I was I was expecting like seven thirty. <laughs> You're a night owl. I don't, I don't like. Yeah, I'm a bit of a night owl. I don't, I don't. I'm not a big fan of getting too much sleep. If I get over nine hours, I feel a little groggy. So uh, eight's kind of just right around what I like. Wow. If I if I don't get nine hours, I'm the crabbiest <laughs> person in the world. <laughs> uh, Lauren Brassois is with us in the VGK Insider Show. So. Uh, Lauren, you've you've gone through a a full playoff series as as the starter as as the guy. Do you feel like your game or, or really any aspect of your game has grown over the last two weeks? Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, since I've kind of felt the body's kind of felt healthier, I, I feel like my game's been building and building. Uh, and that, I would say that started before I got up into BGK, um, but you know just. The fine details of you know the position is have been sharpening and sharpening, and obviously you know a few games into the playoffs, I get a, a good bit of experience in that high intensity type game, and um, yeah, I, I just think my confidence has been growing, and just getting those those reps in, those, you know, consistent reps. I mean, any starting goal will will tell you it's uh, you get better in games and, and not in practice. So being able to sharpen things in game uh, and get those game reps in consistently. Um, and then honestly, practice last has been has been huge. How much does not easier, but uh, the routine of a game uh, get as you go along in a series when you're facing the same players night after night? Um, yeah, I wouldn't say. I mean, every game is so different, right? I mm-hmm. mean, you go, you can go, um, you know, seven game series and, and not have one game feel like the, the next. I mean, game one of our, of round one. Felt completely different than the rest of the series. So, um, you know, it's yeah, you're you're pre-scouting and then you're making adjustments. So the next game is not going to you know look the same, and they're doing the same. So 
honestly, it honestly feels like you're playing with a completely different team sometimes. At least from my perspective, I'm kind of just focused on the whole talk. Um, I don't really interact with the other team that much. Well, the other team was trying to interact with you. Pierre-Luc Dubois looked like he was chirping. Do you know what he was saying during during the course of the series, or was he just doing his regular thing? Yeah, I'm not sure what he was saying, but he's always chirping. He is, you know, isn't he? He's, he is always chirping. Yeah, he's always chirping, but it's, I mean, he's trying to get under guy's skin, and um, I'm honestly so, uh, I don't really realize it, I don't know what he's saying. Uh, I've got enough to worry about. You uh, and I have this uh, thing going back and forth uh, where uh, I, like, uh, you're a physical specimen, uh, but you can also do the splits. I want to learn how to do the splits, uh, but I've got a new request for me. I want to know... <laughs> how you can be so zen because the stoic and the the reaction during the game i can't tell whether you're winning or losing or whether the game's tied uh where does that come from and is it different than early in your career i would say yes it is different than early in my career but um you know just in terms of the control emotional control that i got um now versus then and you really only get that sort of experience and uh, and honestly, through the struggles, I would say, is, um, you know, coming out of struggle is when you kind of um, you learn that you're, you know, there's always light at the end of the tunnel. And so when you are struggling again, um, you know, it doesn't really bother you as much. You kind of just roll the punches. But um, I've always kind of been, you know, sort of makes her more, uh, you know, kind of dialed in and not the most enthusiastic. So I mean, you can. I mean, it bothers the hell out of my my fiance. So. <laughs> <laughs> Like like trying to get like will you show some emotion, Lauren? Well, is that what she says? <laughs> like yeah, make a decision. I'm, I'm tired. Yeah, I'm not. I, I got no enthusiasm for. It. So did, that well. LB, did you <laughs> did you did you work with somebody on that part, or are you more self taught? Uh, I would say, I would say it's just experience. I, I didn't. I never really consciously went through. And there's plenty of goals. It's a very mental position. There's plenty of goals. I know that. Or, um, you know, cognitive training and all that stuff. And, um, I, I kind of dabbled with it a little bit in Edmonton, but um, never really thought too much of it. Uh, I just need to take more. So I, I think it's honestly just experience. You get, you get older and, um, and you learn what makes you tick. And then, um, and then yeah, it just sometimes things come together and, and so what uh, could you do quicker? Teach me how to do the splits or teach me how to not to be a hothead and control my emotions? <laughs> well, I, don't, I don't really see you as a hothead, so we'll go with, uh, we'll go with teaching how to do the splits. I, I just give me two months. <laughs> that's, that's good. Uh, Lauren Bersois is with us in the VGK Insider Show. It, you know, it, it's such an interesting aspect of, of not getting too high, not getting too low, just kind of being in the moment, existing in the moment. And like when you when you start to think about what you are up against in terms of the Edmonton Oilers. We, we know how good that team is offensively and how important your role is going to be. Uh, that that mental edge, the, the ability to just kind of exist in the moment, how much do you feel that's going to help you, and not just you, but also your teammates uh, as you go through this series? Yeah, I, um, I think especially in a series like this, um, you know, the mental side is going to be key and Keeping composure because you know, let's be honest, they got players on, on their end that are going to get their chances and they're going to score their goals. Um, we might have some higher scoring affairs uh, than we're used to, and you know, obviously our goal is to shut them down. But 
I think if we go in unrealistically thinking we're, you know, we can shut them down and win three to one every game, um, you know, it's just unrealistic. So when we do get down and get some of the games or, um, you know, in, in a period or, or if we're getting hemmed in, you know, because sometimes you've got to tip the cap, it's going to be, you know, our veteran groups, you know, ability to realize that that doesn't, you know, that doesn't mean that, you know, the game's over or, you know, it's going to continue that way. And then the playoffs are about to add to close. So, just keeping your keeping your head and weathering storms, and then you know getting them on the counter is going to be huge. Before I let you go, what was overtime like uh, when you played uh, that double overtime game in Winnipeg, and never having been in that situation in the National Hockey League? Yeah, that was intense, um, especially when you know you're the team that got um, came back on. Yeah, um, you know it feels like you know you're about to go into this over, overtime and they got the momentum. Uh, but to be honest, I. We, we dominated, you know, I would say both overtime period. Um, you know, the guys, you know, really, um, they really put the foot on the gas and, and took it to them. And I, I didn't really have too much to do in, in the overtime. So, um, you know, I, you know, had a few, few, few chances here and there, but we, we, I felt like we dominated those periods. So it wasn't, um, it was never racking me as I would have anticipated, but I think, you know, in another overtime, I'm sure it could be different. You know, one of the questions that I had for you obviously kind of stems from the fact that you're around Jonathan Quick on a day-to-day basis, right? And he's got so much experience in terms of the playoffs. How has he kind of been maybe a sounding board or um, somebody that you can kind of just bounce ideas off of as you're going through this this experience uh, for the first time in your career? He's been great. And uh, I, would say, I would say he's more uh, a sounding board for the you know the mental side because um, our games are, are very very different but we still you know we we'll still shoot the shit you know about the details of our games because you know, I grew up watching them and he's he's got such an iconic style and it's fun to watch even in practice and uh, he's been complimentary about you know the way I play the game uh, which helps me confidence wise and um, but yeah I usually you know lean on him a bit for you know just to whenever. Um, we're going through, you know, at least the first round, there's you know, moments where I was, you know, kind of picking his brain on how he handled certain situations when he was going on his long cup runs. And I think that's such a, you know, a priceless, um, you know, benefit that I get. Can, can you share any of that uh, with us? Um, I mean, I, I, won't, I don't need to go into details, yeah. you know, boring goalies, detail stuff, but, you know, just... Um, just the intensity, you know, pre-games, and, you know, what did he do in pre-games? Like, what, you know, kind of similar questions you guys will ask me. And, um, you know, I'll just ask him if he was, you know, what would he do before before games, and what would he, you know, was he nervous and all this, you know, before games, or was he just calm, cool, and collected all the time? You know, kind of the, uh, the curiosity anyone would have if you, you know, had the opportunity to sit down with a legend like him. Um, you know, I was kind of just taking advantage, taking advantage of it sometimes. Yeah, he intimidates me. I don't go over and talk to him. I, I, I hang out with you because I, I, I just I just watch him forever and the way he plays. Um, uh, he doesn't ask you about uh, about uh, Bogey and Stella though, and, or you don't ask him about the dogs. That's that's what I ask you about. <laughs> yeah, that's the hard. Yeah, I don't know stuff. why he's not more interested in my dogs. Yeah, I love I love your dogs. I think it's amazing. I saw pictures and everything. It's uh, that's my favorite part of the, every conversation. That's why I want to keep having you on here. Uh, thanks, thanks for this, buddy. Uh, really, really happy, proud of you, and uh, and go good. You're doing the Benjamin Button tour uh, back through your life, and the, this is awesome to watch, pal. 
All right, I appreciate it. Thanks, guys. There's Lauren Berswap, uh, Vegas Golden Knights goaltender, who start game one against Edmonton. Again, he was in Winnipeg. Uh, he beat them. He's going back to Edmonton, where he broke into the National Hockey League, and where he played junior and Estella and Bogey. Mm-hmm. Just dogs. awesome. Um, uh, you get a real sense of like who who Lauren Brossois is as as a person, and uh, he's he's calm. He's he's ready to go and. Super Zen like, and I, I'm really. Excited. I don't know how he does it. I, I, it, it amazes me. But I could see how uh, his fiance would get like frustrated at times mm-hmm. because, like, wh- where is it? Uh, where's, where's any emotion? And, and he's just so, f- so darn calm yeah. and even keel. Yeah, I used to be like that. Um, and then things changed for me. I don't know why. Like as I've gotten oh, older, oh, I know why. You started working with this guy. That's fair. Um, I, as I got older, the the anxiety and and the ability to kind of like not just be in the moment and let things go has evaded me. But I used to be very, very much. Eh, okay. Oh, I was never that way. Yeah, high doesn't, strung doesn't surprise me at all. You're still that way. Don't get changed. near me at a red light. You haven't changed at all. Woo-hoo, I yeah. get hot and get fired up. They run out of coffee. Who I'm done. Don't screw up my order. What's There's your order? My coffee order. Then what's your coffee well, order? What if, what if, Thought I was it, clear on the question. No, because in Vegas, you can, you go through. and What this, do this, you, this, this you go, this what, what do you get? No, no. It, what you order isn't what you get. Okay, you, go you, through the, you go through the drive-thru, you order, I want a coffee with milk. Uh-huh. You know what you get? What do you get? Iced coffee. Okay. Drives me crazy. Where the hell all, are you going to get coffee? I want, ice coffee? All I want is a drip coffee with milk. I, it's I a drive through It's a great establishment. I won't talk about them on the air because uh-huh. I do think they do a great job. But every time, if I'm not paying attention, I will get an iced coffee with milk instead of just a regular drip hot coffee. I, I now, when you go to Tim's, what's what's the special the, the best way to order it? I, I just order uh, coffee with milk. Okay, because there's like a well, like, there's like double double. There's that's, yeah. I, I think like because I I don't drink coffee, what, but Tim Hortons. This is Tim Hortons in Canada. Yes, but I I did have to try Tim Hortons when I was in Canada, and it was okay. But I ordered it a, a special way, like steak. I was told, all right, well, this is the best way to well, get. You get the regular like one and one. You got a double double. Double which double. Is, I think it was. Uh, which is, was that which two milks, is, two, two milks, sugars? two sugars. Yeah, that's how I got. Yeah, two milks, Sorry, two sugars. I, I only recognize <laughs> one double double here. That's all. <laughs> that's all I do. That seems pretty straightforward. I, I missed that aspect. Just going. Hey, I give me a large. I don't drink large coffee. with milk. I think you're ordering then, it wrong. And then when I get the large with milk, and I drink that coffee, I'm even more fired up. And that's when you really want to stay. I don't know, way. man. Like I, I can order Amanda's drinks all the time, and and there's pumps of espresso and certain brown sugar syrups and all this, and it always comes out really well. So I, I don't nope. know what you're doing, but you're doing something wrong. And I got people that can vouch for me too. Uh, oh. We got to take a break. When we continue, we'll tee up like our number two of the VGK Insider Show, and. Uh, Give you an idea of what Bruce Cassidy had to say today. Uh, you will hear him on the way. And our one-timers, news notes from around the National Hockey League, brought to you by Paul Pata. Update you on the start of round two in the Stanley Cup playoffs. The VGK Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas. This is the VGK Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas, 98.9 FM and 1340 AM. Now back to Darren Millard and Ryan Wallace. Round two is underway. Early action, Toronto and Florida. We'll bring you up to date on what's happening there. Maybe a bit of a surprise, given what you'd expect on the quick turnaround for the Panthers. 
into the second round, second straight year that they've advanced. Uh, so they should have more experience than the Toronto Maple Leafs. And that's not even a joke. Uh, that's not even a shot. It's it's accurate. Uh, want to see if you uh, can participate in the Fortress Faithful and being in the crowd for the Vegas Golden Knights game against the uh, Edmonton Oilers. So you have a chance to qualify right now. Call up uh, 702-876-1340. Be caller number nine. And you will win a, what are we winning, giving away today? A sub or a hat? A two-foot sub nice. courtesy of Porta Subs, your Yum. neighborhood sandwich shop. Love that. Uh, sometimes it's the hat, sometimes it's the sub. I'm always partial to the sub. And uh, and if you, you will instantly win the sub, and uh, you will also go into a draw to uh, potentially win a couple of tickets to see the Golden Knights against the Edmonton Oilers. So that's uh, 702-876-1340, caller number nine right now. In hour number two, Bruce Cassidy's media availability tonight. Mark Stone left practice just at the end. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was asked about that. Uh, also going down the uh, the path of uh, what uh, is going to be expected of his penalty killers in this series against the Edmonton Oilers. And I loved Linda Cohn from ESPN's question about what should scare Edmonton from the Vegas Golden Knights side of it. Mm-hmm. It was a really cool answer. Yeah, and and we'll get there. Um, I I love that a- aspect of it because you, you kind of look around, you, you see where kind of the narrative's going right now. It's all the talk is about the Edmonton Oilers power play, all about how dynamic an offense that team is, uh, but not too much spent on the ways that the Golden Knights can really apply and, and turn up the pressure on the Oilers. Waves coming at you in waves. Uh, that's the advantage that the Golden Knights have. Uh, they also uh, delved into the defensive position of the uh, Vegas mm-hmm. Golden Knights. That neutral zone mm-hmm. is going to be a hotly contested space in this series, trying to control uh, what the uh, the Edmonton Oilers do and not allowing them to get any type of momentum going through that area and, and a zone exit. Uh, if, if they're dumping it in, that's a good thing because Vegas has that great blue line and they can turn it up. If they're carrying it in, that gives you an idea that maybe things are tilted towards Edmonton. It's hour number two of the VGK Insider Show coming up on Fox Sports Las Vegas.